0: certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at Lucent Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim?
1: Now, one man stands accused. If police are right, and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years.
0: While the world outside may be rapidly changing, today Justice Stephen Hall was adamant the trial of the century would not be shutting down. Welcome to Day 63. Natalie Bongiolo, Tim Clark and Emily Moulton with you today. Um, so Justice Hall was very, very strong on this again today, wasn't he? And, and basically saying the criminal justice system is an essential service.
2: Yes, basically, um, as the proceedings finished, sort of was coming to an end this morning, um, they were talking about what lay lie ahead, lie ahead for next week and... Um, prosecutor Carmel Barbagallo was able to say well they've sort of rejigged their witnesses and they're going to try and get as many of them done next week so they could sort of I guess cut down the time and Paul Jovich was also saying that you know he was working with the prosecution to do to help do this and sort of then Justice Hall was like okay you know he's like very appreciative of, of them for doing this and you know saying that you know if they if any witnesses wanted to give evidence from home which he said before that you know they will facilitate that and um, he was prepared to hear sort of, you know, last-minute applications, like, if that was to, to happen. And then Miss Barker-Gello sort of didn't question anything. She just made this observation, you know, we're well, with everything that's sort of happening at the moment, you know, lots of services are, are shutting down and kind of, she didn't really sort of go anywhere with it but was sort of alluding to the fact that, you know, everything, anything could change because, as everyone else has seen over the last few days, so much has changed. In terms of what will remain open, there is a possibility of a, wider shutdown but like throughout the nation so anyway she was just making this observation and then justice hall said well we're not shutting down <laughs> because, yeah. um, And um basically said you know as you mentioned before that the criminal justice system is an essential service and that this was an important trial and whatever happens that uh, he was going to make sure this trial proceeds which was very strong um i, I guess you know, the only it sounded like to me that Anything short of the government ordering courts to shut down was the only way that this trial would not proceed.
0: Yeah, Tim, it does seem like he really is on a path here and he wants to get this trial through to its conclusion. Yeah,
1: that's right, Matt. Um, As Justice Hall was speaking, the Premier of Western Australia and the Education uh, Secretary of Western Australia were actually conducting a press conference saying that the schools would be basically shutting down as of next week now uh, as essential as courts are you would think that schools are uh, equally as essential so where we where we will be on monday in terms of wider societal um, shutdown we don't know but as far as justice hall is concerned we will be there at 10 o'clock on monday now as we've said that for the last three days the uh, situation might overtake us, but as we sit here right now, uh, we will be there on Monday. He is determined, uh, very determined, um, to to keep going as long as 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 he and we uh, possibly can.
0: And how many people were in court today? Who was there, and and what were sort of the some of the other measures that were being implemented? Well, all the essential parties were there, obviously. Uh,
1: a, a very pared-down um, media presence, as, as we've said this week. Um, there were a couple of other um, uh, public observers um, after the little uh, miscommunication yesterday afternoon. They were allowed in to to, to see the proceedings as, as short as they were um, today, but there, there are still um, various police officers there, various lawyers there. Um, but significantly, I suppose, none of the, the, the family members of, of any of the uh, interested parties, including Mr and Mrs Edwards' parents, they haven't been there as of yesterday and they haven't been uh, coming. So, um, But obviously, um, they, they can um, stay in touch with, with proceedings through their, um, you know, their, their contact with the court. Um, and obviously, uh, through the, 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 the reporting of the of the media as, as we're trying to uh, keep everyone um, uh, up, up to date with, with what's going on.
0: Yeah. And has Bradley Edwards shown any interest or any reaction uh, in terms of the various changes that have been happening and the discussions around coronavirus?
2: I don't, I've, I've just noticed him doing the normal things that he does, like taking notes sometimes, putting his head in his hand. I don't think he's... Reaction has been any different to anything else we've seen him do? I don't know what your observations are to you.
1: No, not not overtly different, but um, one of the, the, the federal government measures introduced in Australia overnight means that now um, testing for coronavirus can be now undertaken more widely in prisons um, across Australia. Um, before that, there were measures that were... Um, uh, you had to be basically symptomatic or have had to come into contact with someone that may have had the virus or had come from overseas for the last 14 days. But a wider testing protocol is now um, all over Australia, uh, given that uh, um, several hundred thousand more testing kits have actually arrived in the country over the last couple of days. So um, whether that will affect him and whether he uh, and the other thousand odd prisoners that are, that are currently uh, in casarina um, prison in, in perth whether that, that testing regime will, will begin uh, we don't know but um uh, that might give a bit more clarity next week if, if there is some testing that has um, has happened but other than that he's been uh, he's been there every day uh, in proceedings in person um on the dot at 10 o'clock or today was at nine o'clock in the morning um doing his usual, taking his notes, talking to his lawyers when he needs to. Um, and we assume that, we'll, um, that will continue um, for the rest of this week when he's not in court. And then hopefully if we get there on Monday, um, he'll be there too.
0: And, you know, we have so many worries around the world right now. Does it feel like there has been a change in the mood in the court? Is it somewhat sombre now, given what's going on on earth?
2: Definitely-
1: yeah, I think like with every Public service. Uh, uh, it, it, there's just a there's there's just a cloud of uncertainty over the whole over the whole proceedings. Um, regardless of, of Justice Hall's um, uh, you know measures that he's put in place and his determination, I, I get a sense from everyone that you don't really know what's going to be happening from one day to the next, which is reflective of of, of the wider society in general. I think. Um, but until we hear differently, um, we'll be uh, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be there on Monday, um, hopefully, um, yeah. if, if and when we go ahead. And um, and obviously, the the prosecution, whose case they, we are still running, um, are are doing doing their level best to to, to keep it on track to to have a full um, dance card of witnesses for for next week which is what miss barbara gallo said that she was um, straining to do um, and will uh, strain to do for the next couple of days so so we can uh, we can keep going as 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 long as court keeps going
0: yeah pushing on well you had a very short court session today and this was the continuation of victor webb's evidence um, which i understand kicked off with cross examination
2: yeah um, like yesterday sort of Mr Jovich had told the court that he wanted a little bit more time to go over some documents um, that the prosecution had had handed over. So he wanted to go through those and and basically said he wasn't ready to cross-examine yesterday afternoon and and needed sort of for us to come back this morning. Um, But he also flagged yesterday that it wouldn't be long. And as we found out, it really wasn't that long this morning. So um, Mr Jovic started off by asking about, you know, his notes and, you know, did he take notes all the time and, Whoever said he was like you know he did take notes he was quite sort of chuffed or proud when he was saying it like he was almost saying yeah like he was someone who you know religiously took notes no matter what what he was doing whether it was a case he was investigating or not if he was present he took notes and we heard that yesterday during his evidence where he said he was that can't remember what exactly it was but he was an observer at something where he was just there to observe and he still said he took notes and he wasn't required to but he just did then he asked him what sort of car he drove. So I guess that was one of the pillars of, of the defence's case of trying to sort of show opportunities where exhibits could have possibly been contaminated. And one of the things Mr Webb said was that, like, he drove a motorbike personally and that, and also a Volkswagen, but that he and his colleagues did have access to police vehicles and one of those cars that he mentioned was a Commodore. And the prosecution says that fibres that were found on Jane and Kira Glennon's hair were from fibres that they say match a seat from a Holden VS Commodore. Bradley Edwards was a Telstra technician and he was assigned a Holden VS Commodore in the 1990s. So they were sort of going through that this morning as well.
0: So, Tim, in terms of um, who actually had access to labs and things like that, did Victor Webb um, say who could access these physical exhibit labs?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was was asked that and he did list... um uh, um, some former colleagues that he certainly remembered uh, did have physical access uh, to the lab. Uh, Gary Hyde, Sergeant Gary Hyde, who's already given evidence, was one of those, and there were there were a number of other staff members. And um, what stuck out for me this morning that when when uh, Vic Webb was being asked about this, in particular, was the uh, the physical surroundings that he they would they did the examinations in now we we had a lot of that type of questioning during the dna portion of the trial obviously and 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 who had access to what and and in particular what the 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 cleaning regimes and the and the the contamination proofing of of that um the the path west area certainly was and we got we got to that a little bit today and it did strike me that certainly in nine when we're talking about 1999 which is when Kira's here went over to Washington um Mr. Webb was asked um what what the physical surroundings of the, the physical um examination lab were um and it did strike me that they were significantly less um concerned or worried about that in that um in that part of the police than they were at Pathwest he was specifically asked what type of anti contamination uh, measures for fibers were in place at that time? And he was quite open in saying, well, we, there might well, may well have been fibers in the air and even possibly fibers off our lab coats at that time because, again, it was in its infancy in terms of the knowledge around contamination and trace evidence at that time. And he was quite open in saying, yeah, there may well have been fibers in the in that um environment that, that could have got onto exhibits so um, that could become quite significant um in in the coming weeks um because of course we know that all these fibers certainly were on Kira's hair, over 40 of them on Jane's here where that that was also in the, the physical examination lab at the time so and um, and then as em mentioned the 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 now very familiar questions about cars and 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 what people were wearing, and we we know that um, Commodores, Holden Commodores, are going to become very important because that is um, where those grey fibers are supposed to have come from. But not any any old Commodore, but be in in particular the the Commodore that Mister Edwards was driving um, back in the day. So that that um, that, that is we all always knew that was going to become. Quite important, but the, the fact that um, Mr Webb was so open in in his ad, admissions that uh, contamination is- issues or proofing wasn't on uh, really high on the agenda in that part of the police headquarters um, could become quite significant, I think.
0: We should talk to Brendan about how that has changed in terms of you know being able to stop that cross contamination and fibres moving around so readily.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I, 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 I think I know the tenet of what Brendan's going to say is that obviously technology has moved on as it has in DNA. But um, whether, you know, whether at that time it was a, an issue at all in, in terms of the, the police thinking of what they should be doing to, to stop that contamination, it would be, uh, be very interesting to, to, to find out from Brendan what he thinks the differences would be uh, between then and now.
0: You were also um, shown a photo in court today of Kira's hair mass, and this mm-hmm. was all about you know whether the uh, exhibit was preserved and and sealed during the various stages of transportation.
1: Yeah, this was all about how it was bagged um, before it went to Washington, um, what happened it happened to it when it was in America and then when it came back. And then again, when it was taken over to uh, Canberra um, a few years later, and what the tr- transportation uh, methods were there as well. And, and um, Mr. Webb was quite vigorously questioned about um, the bagging of of the that exhibit um, and the sealing of those bags and the, the and the security of those bags. I suppose he was quite strong in his in his remembrance of of what his general practices were. Um, and so the, the the chronology, I suppose, is that the bag came from a bag with carers here and here it came from police, came to him. And then he was quite uh, vivid in his memory that he would have bagged it up again before it was taken to Washington in a particular type of bag, this cryovac bag, he said, because it was thick plastic that was used. He didn't want evidence being crushed together in those suitcases, and he also didn't want the bag being perforated on the way. Um, But um, that was then put to him that this was a a constructed memory, if you like, um, through photographs that he'd seen, given given the, the time that has passed since then, um and he said well yes those, those photographs make up the majority of my memory but he certainly remembered very vividly um how it was done in general and he also said what we talked about yesterday this um subsampling of the hair when it came back um he was um tasked personally with 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 tweezing some of Kira's hair to make a subsample and he said that he had a a distinct memory of that because as he described it, it wasn't a pleasant job and, and some jobs were you know, stuck in your mind more than others. And as we've discussed so many times, this was the job um, at the time, um, the macro investigation. And so he, he did remember doing that um, and asking uh, specifically the police to make sure that Kira's hair mask was dry when it got to him um, because um, if, it, if it hadn't been, um, then that would have made the job um, uh, more onerous than, than it than it already was.
0: Yeah, and he spent several days uh, at the FBI headquarters. I understand, but mm. was he in attendance at the time when the exhibits were being examined by the FBI?
2: No, like they. Um, that was one of the things Mr. Yovich was trying to sort of point out was that he kept asking he goes well you know were you there during the examination of the exhibits and he said no did you see it being in- well, he, uh, first off if, if he was involved and then asked if he actually even saw it happening and he said no or even if it was packaged and I guess that was sort of you, like Yovich didn't go anywhere further than that but he was trying to sort of I guess it was one of those things where his job is to sort of say there's a possibility of, of cross contamination and this could be another area like who knows what happened to it but Um, That's, I guess, what he was trying to allude to anyway with his questioning. But, um, yeah, Mr Webb said he was basically there to sort of make sure everything arrived safely. Um, It was all sort of filled out documents. And then sort of after a few days, like I think yesterday, he said on the stand that he went and um, visited with some FBI profilers, guessing that because he was also there not just for the macro investigation. As we heard yesterday, he was also there. Um, for another case that he was involved in, which was the murder of Jared Ross. So um, he was saying that he met with the profilers yesterday, like on the stand yesterday, to talk to them about what we don't know. But he, he sort of alluded to the fact that it was obviously trying to get an idea of who possibly could have carried out these two crimes.
0: Yeah. And Tim, as we discussed in yesterday's podcast, I mean, the issue now is that these people at the FBI who were carrying out the examinations are very unlikely to be able to attend court.
1: Well, I, I, I've been told, now that that is absolutely out of the question now. Um, they're in complete lockdown. Um, and so then the issue uh, arises as to how um, they, their evidence will be um, tempted um, in court, um, whether it will be read in, whether it will be done by video link, but that will present its own problems um, because of the um, very significant time difference between Western Australia and America um but basically when uh, uh, when we're awake they're asleep and vice versa um and in terms of um dr ray palmer who i understand is the um, prosecution's main and expert witness on these fibers um the same issue will will arise i i, I have been told that that, that is that he is now in complete lockdown obviously as as we basically are wow. uh, certainly in terms of travel um, and so that av- evidence certainly will have to be given via video link um, which uh, which we'll have to anticipate then will um, necessitate some late night sittings as we had previously in the trial again because of the uh, the time difference sense and um, the extra um, imposition of um, basically not being able to go anywhere um, it, if we're if we 're anticipating that evidence be coming in the next few weeks um we might even see mr uh, mr palmer 's bedroom or uh, office at home um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> where wherever that might be um because um his his evidence is absolutely crucial um because it, it is um that is his report that uh, that a lot of the prosecution um assumptions about this these fibres are based on um and and certainly Mr. hovis is going to want to explore that as well so um so yeah um it it might well be that um, that we're locked up in a courtroom uh, under the cover of darkness um, <laughs> when uh, when, we reach, when we reach that um, portion of the trial.
0: That's right. Uh, well, just before we leave you today, just a, a question from a couple of people in various different ways, but they're essentially asking the same question about the fibres. If the uniform fibres were found in one of the victim's hair, then it is assumed that Edwards was wearing the Telstra uniform during that murder and the other murders. If so... With the records you discussed from Telstra of when Edwards ordered more uniforms, did any of the dates that he ordered more uniforms correlate with the murders, i.e. did he order a new uniform a few days after the murders? If so, this might suggest that he damaged the uniform or covered it in blood during the murders and it could be further evidence.
1: Yeah, that's going way back to the start of the trial now, Nat. Um, The listeners may remember that we did see order forms for um, when Mr um, Edwards did order new uniforms. But from memory, Em, and you might uh, remember this as well, I don't think they correlated specifically with any of the dates. Um, no, I, I think they were Jane just orders. I,
2: like um, I know were, that they were maybe within that year from memory, but I don't think hmm. any occurred around the times the girls went missing or the discovery of their bodies. Like, I think... I think from memory there was, like, orders made at least in one of those years, like either 96 or 97, but I, I honestly can't really recall because it's so long ago now. Oh, no. Well, Every
1: but day, think, so much I information. Would, a little bit more like Mr Webb, um, I, I think if those dates did correlate, we would remember because that would have been... There would, would have probably been more made of that, but in the prosecution opening and things. Yeah. But I... I um, From uh, Corinne, I think this question is a really good one, but uh, I'll I'll add uh, a little bit to Corinne's question. When the car um, that Mr. Edwards drove was actually recovered by police, miraculously, on the day that he was arrested, they actually found that car and went and seized it. Subsequent um, examinations of that car, uh, that that was obviously directed towards um, taking sample fibers of the gray fibers, but when they went through that car in, in very, very forensic detail, they actually found blue fibers that correlate to um, the, the, the work pants that were found on Kira and Jane and on the Karakata Rape victim. They actually found some of those blue fibers still in that car when they took um, uh, one of the handles uh, uh, on the side of one of the um, front seats off. Those fibers Still remained in that car um, again quite miraculously more than 20 years after it had been used by Mr Edwards so uh, I think where the prosecution will go with that is whether the fibers actually came from Mr Edwards in person i.e he was wearing the uniforms while the murders were being committed as Corinne suggests but also that transfer of those fibers may well have come from the from being in the car as well so that would um, broaden the possibilities i suppose of how those fibers got onto jane and kira um I. He, he may well not have been wearing a uniform but it would it they they may well have been transferred from them being physically in the car so so that's another area that we will get to um eventually When we hear, and we no doubt will, from the police who um, examined that car um, after it was seized in 2016 um, and and what they found and how many of those fibres they found in the car um, upon that examination.
0: That's right, because I guess if you or I or anyone gets into a car with fibres on our clothes, then we can leave those fibres behind in the car at any point. And and
1: vice versa. And vice versa. All the fibres that are in in that car um, previously might also be transferred for, to you um, because of, of your presence in that vehicle.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, thank you both very much for your time today. So, Court won't be sitting tomorrow, but we will be back on Monday, is your best guess at this stage.
1: Yeah. Coronavirus permitting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your company. That wraps up week 15. So that's back on Monday the 30th of March. That's for day 64. We hope you're staying safe wherever you are. Drop us a line. Let us know how you're travelling. We do read each and every email. That's Claremont Podcast at wanews.com.au. And we look forward to your company next week on Claremont in Conversation.
1: This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au.
0: Flashpoint. Returning to Seven on Mondays at 9pm. Demanding change and discussing issues that matter to West Australians.